Give us a bottle of your finest champagne, five shrimp cocktails, and some bread for my brother. We have a Dom Perignon, 71 at $120. That'll be fine, pal. Hey, come on, seriously, you guys. The food here is really expensive. The soup is fucking $10. Come on, let's go outside. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God. Welcome to Out of Theaters, the podcast that reviews the movies of yesteryear, this year. My name is Billy Culpa, and it's been a while, friends. I'm here with my good friend, Will Pfeiffer. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well, Billy. I am happy to be behind the mic, facing you, and ready to talk some movies. Seen any good movies lately? <laughs> I have seen a few. By my calculations, the last time we talked was December of 2016. The day Princess Leia died. The day Princess Leia died. An exciting new president named Donald Trump was ready to take the White House. <laughs> and the world just seemed a bright and shiny place. What you hear is me not laughing on I the other know. side of the mic. It was sad. It was tragic. But since then, I have seen a few movies. I am such a movie nerd that I actually track every single movie that I've watched. And since that day, I've seen 305 <laughs> movies. <laughs> so... I don't know if that has anything to do with you being a movie nerd. It might have something to do with you being obsessive compulsive. Well, the thing is, I'm completely, and my wife will back this up, completely disorganized in every way of my life. But since January 1st, 2004, I've been keeping track of every single movie I see. So this is the part of the podcast where you just read through every single one exactly. of them. Exactly. So Go for ahead. the next you know, 45 minutes, I'm just going to read this list, <laughs> starting with uh, The Omega Man on Turner Classic Movies, Sicario on Amazon, Steve Jobs on HBO, okay, P.D. Okay. Wheatstraw, so, The Devil's Son-in-Law on Blu-ray. And- I, I listen to um, I listen to you know plenty of other podcasts, and, and one of them, uh, a co-host mentioned that every once in a while, he'll turn on Turner Classic Movies, and he'll just start like kind of logging what's coming up on there. He'll be like, okay, so I watched the Omega man and mm-hmm. in two weeks, they're going to show whatever. And he'll, that's how he watches Ex- classic movies. I can't imagine a life like that. That's, you- that's what I do is I, I will, I do this all the time. I'll sit, I'll, I'll go to Turner on my cable and then I'll look at the calendar, what's coming up. And if anything looks even remotely interesting, I'll just DVR it. Yeah. And then when it, then I'll go, you know, later I'll check, hey, what do I have? Oh, I feel like watching an old Jimmy Cagney movie. Or I just watched this movie, Eating Raul, a cult movie from the 70s on Turner. Because Turner shows cult movies overnight. You said that spoils the ending, right? Yeah. I am very late coming to the movie Eating Raul, which when I was in the, <laughs> in the 80s, it was like one of those cult movies everyone talked about. But the title Eating Raul literally gives away the joke of the last scene. And I'm not going to say spoilers because... If you've seen the title, you know how the movie ends. In fact, as soon as they introduce Raul, you're probably like, wonder when they're going to start eating him. <laughs> I just assumed it was a dirty movie. No, it's, well, it, it sort of is a dirty, it's, it's like, a, it's about swingers in California and this and that, but it's really not that dirty. It's more of a goofy, goofy comedy. What I really wanted to ask you is, um, <laughs> where have you been the last three years? It's uh, been almost three years. So uh, catch me up on what you've been watching. Um, maybe, I, I thought, this is we're going to call this episode, episode zero. Uh, it's going to be in the feed. It'll be the first thing that people are able to download. But it's the only one we're going to do, I think, 
that's not going to have a movie title. I like this. And this could be one, if you're new to the podcast, you can always come to this episode, get a feel for who we are, the movies we exactly. like, that kind of thing. Perfect. I'd like to give me, I, I don't want this to be a podcast about two white guys talking about themselves right. the whole time, but tell me a little bit about yourself so the audience has an idea of why you're here. Uh, well, I mean, the main reason I'm here is I've been a movie fan for years and I worked, I have no longer worked there, but I worked at the Rockford Register Star, a newspaper. For uh, over 20 years, and for a good chunk of those 20 years, I was sort of uh, the de facto movie critic. I would review it first. It was so long ago. First, I reviewed videotapes, then eventually DVDs and Blu-rays, all home video stuff. I wrote, I saw some theatrical stuff, but it was mostly home video, which let me kind of watch whatever I wanted, old, new, this and that. That's where... I met you, Billy, when you worked at the Register Star. Right. Actually, it's not where you met me. And that's where I wanted to chime in. So I'm not a film critic. I'm I'm just a guy. I'm Will's friend who argues with him about everything. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not just movies, people. Believe me. I spent four years at the newspaper. I guess I really only worked there three years, to be fair. So I worked. I spent three years at the newspaper with Will, and he would come tell me stuff like about... I remember you and um, an old colleague of ours, Chris Soprich, printed me a DVD. You, you burned me a DVD, I should say, of Heather's. Yeah. Which I've still not watched. My daughter's favorite movie. That's I, I have no idea what it's about. It's come up. I've seen it come up in like other references, other pop culture. I don't know. It's the kind of movie it. that wouldn't get made today because it's a comedy about teen suicide and school shootings. That sounds hilarious. It? Well, it is hilarious. and it's But it actually is a huge Broadway musical too now. Okay. So you anyway. would do things like that and explain to me about the movie, and then I would ignore it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And despite <laughs> that... Which sort of is what the podcast is. <laughs> we would still become friends, but it's actually not where I met you. Uh, I We're both Rockford guys. Well, uh, I'm not born and bred. No, but you've been here... I've been here longer than I haven't been here, shall right. we say. Yeah. Uh, you're from Niles, Ohio? Niles, Ohio. Um, shout out to Will's mom. <laughs> mom, we're back! <laughs> mom listens to the podcast. Um, I was a... I was a student worker at the Rock Valley College Library, which is uh, just a community college in town. I went there for three years instead of two, like you're supposed to. <laughs> and I worked there almost the whole time. And one of those three years, uh, we had a like a media room. And there was a screening of the movie The Incredibles, Pixar's The Incredibles. Mm-hmm. As the original, presen- not the sequel. Right. Mm-hmm. As pre- Well, this was like 2003. Yeah, way back. As presented by Will Pfeiffer. That's right. You know, I completely forgot about that, but and that's you, right. You stood there and you explained to me and like maybe six other people. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> well came. attended, but. How The Incredibles was actually the perfect Bond movie, the perfect 007 movie was it your is. sort of your thesis. And you, you walked us through it. It was the first time in my life where I had watched a movie and went, oh, there's something more going on than just entertaining me. The point of this is not just to make me interested. There's other thoughts there's going other on. Stuff, and it, yeah. it kind of. I took a film history class after that, and I've kind of been in a movie since. Nowhere near your level, but... No. But I've never taken a film history class. This this podcast is our relationship. That's, That's right. what this is. That's right. It is. And hopefully it's a little bit of film history for both you and me, because the idea is, like, I'll bring in a classic movie. Billy will watch it. Maybe it's not a, as classic as everyone assumes it is. You know, Billy brings fresh eyes, but then maybe he makes me rethink my opinion on it or he'll bring in a movie and so hopefully it's two-way street usually not i used to get so this is our third our sort of our third iteration i'm gonna say i think so um i did remove the old episodes from the feed we'll figure out a way to get those back in somehow maybe it'll be a a bonus thing i don't know it's you know i just i kind of was like not embarrassed that's the wrong word but i have no idea what's in any of those episodes and frankly we stopped doing the podcast because it became so much time We, we ran the podcast for like three years Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I think we're almost something like two or three yeah. years. Um, and it became this this pressure packed 
thing that I'm trying to edit. I was editing. My job had me traveling. So I was like editing the episode on airplanes and like stewardesses would come and tell me to take my headphones off. And I'd be like, no, you need to leave me alone. I'm editing the podcast. It just became this thing where it would come up in conversation with my wife. And she would get mad. She'd be like, I don't want to hear about the stupid podcast. What? Oh, Steph, um, come on. At the time, and like we said, we don't want to get into too much bile, but at the time when we stopped doing this, the day Princess Leia died was the, the last day Princess episode, Leia died. Um, we got an autism diagnosis on my oldest son. Um, he's now five and a half, and life is good. Uh, everything's great, but it was a very stressful sure. time. More important than, let's say, some Far goofball more podcast than about the, like 10 to 12 hours a week I was spending watching movies, editing the movie, editing the podcast. You know, it just took too much time. And I think we're at a place now. Um, I don't know if we, we might have owned a home. I think we bought the home right around that time, too. Did you really? I think we bought a house. We had kids. We got the autism diagnosis early, like a year and a half into his life very condensed amount of time with a lot of stuff happening and it just got to be too much work. And sure. uh, it's what's been nice is we've heard from like maybe a hundred people. Like we've heard from a lot. Yeah. Of we've people. heard of people who are like, I missed you guys. You're coming back. And, and they're excited that it's back. So that's kind of the point of this. Uh, and we're happy to be back and thank you for remembering us. Frankly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and for answering Will's Facebook posts on this <laughs> for the last two weeks. That's right. <laughs> um, Okay, so I have a couple other things I want to accomplish. One, a uh, new logo. Um, we have a new theme song you heard at the top. That theme song is called James Dean. It's by a Rockford band called The Moment. Uh, I wanted to celebrate Rockford, and I couldn't think of a more appropriate song title than James Dean for a classic movie podcast. He only made three movies. Well, I know. But, <laughs> but were, he's in a Jerry Lewis movie. Too. Giant was like seven hours long. It's, it's really like It does count as like five movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, come on. <laughs> um we still have a few of our old uh, iTunes reviews on there. I think there's only one like featured one. I actually wrote one and said, this is my podcast, damn it. Give me a five-star <laughs> review. And I think they removed it. I think oh, they got bastards. rid of it. So um, if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to go and review the podcast, it does help. It gives some legitimacy. Yeah, uh, it bumps us up. It makes more people see it. So please do that. So we have two more things I want to talk about. Uh, one is I want you to give me some highlights that you've watched over the last three years because I know you've seen a lot of stuff and I, I want to do the same. And then we have a bunch of, we'll end this with, a bunch of bunch of questions, questions. Yeah. yeah okay so, so um like i said i've seen 305 movies i have billy will attest i have a giant uh, printed out list in front of me um here are some of the ones that uh stuck out when i went over the list um one was uh the nice guys remember that i do remember that it's a really good it's like a, action buddy movie. buddy movie buddy comedy it's um ryan gosling and uh russell crowe russell crowe who it could have been it seemed like i remember thinking at the time i remember we watched that movie at my house yeah because i we ended up i went out to my driveway it was midnight and i ended up shoveling while we did our like post that's like, right. Well, we, we did a post chat. Yeah, we not podcasted, but just our yeah. Yeah, and I just shoveled the whole drive. I was like, I'm just gonna get you bar- uh, unburied because you were in the driveway, mm-hmm. and then we ended up just talking for like an hour while I just shoveled the whole damn thing. It's a great movie. It's um, Shane Black wrote and directed it, and he did uh, The Hangover, right? No, no. Um, that's Todd Phillips. He did. Oh, yeah, yeah, he sorry. did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. He did uh, the Lethal Weapon movies. The first one. Shane Black has something else that Iron I really Man like. Two Maybe. or no three Iron Man Three. I don't like that one so much. I like three. Do you no. like two better than three? I think they're both not very good. They're not great. I like three a lot better. The, than two. The, but anyway, the, the three is where they gave up on physics. <laughs> Where like the heat thing and they I they would argue so they gave off physics I, in, yeah. in episode one, the first three minutes of Iron Man One. Is but. three the one with the little kid in yeah. Nashville that shows up at the end of the funeral and shows all that? Shows up at yeah. the end end game, yeah. Yeah, all right. All right okay, anyway, whatever. but nice guys. Really funny movie, uh, dark comedy, and it goes by the rule of the fat Russell Crowe, where if Russell Crowe is heavy in a movie, 
it's a good one. If he's thin and sexy looking, it's usually not that good. Has he been thin and sexy looking in 15 years? Nah, it's been a little while. So he's yeah. made nothing but good movies for 15 uh, years, is what you're saying. Maybe my theory breaks down a bit. <laughs> I thought John Goodman could have played that role, by the way. I love John Goodman, but Russell Crowe just, he has a certain edge to him, I think. That, that movie is very good. Um, it is. It's, it's, you know what's weird about it? Maybe one last bit on the, uh, what's it called? The Good Guys? The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys. The, the one thing that I remember thinking, it starts off with just like a straight up shot of boobs. It does. And, it, and it's like for a while. And I remember being like, oh, I don't, this is a little uncomfortable. I don't know where this is going. I can't watch this with my wife now. She's not going to be into this. Dude, it turns out it's not. Your wife has seen boobs. I know, but they're like, <laughs> she probably has a pair. Mine does. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> but what it else? is a good movie. What else you got? Um, Get Out and Us, two movies from Jordan Peele, who uh, it seems like he's had this long career, but this is all since we've podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, he's from the TV show Key and Peele. Really interesting director. Um, Get Out is like a great social satire. Us is a lot stranger, but in some ways... I liked it even more, even though it's bizarre. And it's another movie you can kind of pick apart. This doesn't make any sense. But while the movie was going, I was completely into it. Okay. Um, and I think, I just real quick, I think it's been a great era for some horror movies in okay. this time. We've also had uh, Midsommar and Hereditary. I haven't seen either of those. Um, Hereditary is the one with the... the there's like inbred girl or something. There's something weird with the daughter, right? She's, like, she, well, it is something weird with the daughter. She, uh, she, she's not inbred, but she, and I'm almost reluctant. She's just an unusual looking young actress. Oh, okay. I, I thought, yeah. there, I thought there was like some plot twist that she no, was no. the daughter of the son or something. No, no, some, no. You know, one of those guy kind named, of things. The direct, writer director is this guy named Ari Aster. People love Ari this movie. Aster. I love this movie. And this is one, you know, I've watched all kinds of crazy horror movies and stuff and my wife wanted to watch this. <laughs> like Eating Eating Wine. Eating Wine. That's <laughs> a comedy. <laughs> eating Wine. I couldn't remember the name. And Hereditary, because whatever I had read about it, I honestly thought it was just going to be this like misery fest, like it was going to be just so tragic and bleak and I was kind of like, eh, if you really want to watch it, and it is a misery fest, but I thought it was great. It's what? really disturbing. Really, it goes in directions you can't even imagine. Like the other movie where they throw the baby to the to people outside the house and they eat it. Mother. I, Mother. That was also on my list. Sorry, I didn't mean Darren to Aronofsky. No, they don't throw the baby. The people take the baby. Oh. Well, as they do. <laughs> but it's all a religious allegory. Mother is maybe the wildest movie I saw in a theater. Hmm. Okay. I Which think is, you said people left, right? Oh, people left. <laughs> and you can, I can tell you exactly. Well, they left yeah. pretty much when the scene yeah. you described happened. When you start eating babies, you're like, you know what? That's out. I'm out. But you know, in a way, it's hard to explain. The whole first half was so tense that all the crazy violence of the second half was almost like a release. Oh, sure. Like it wasn't as... Uh, like uh, like what we saw this summer. Yeah. We'll, we'll get around we'll to that around one. That. Right. We'll get around to that. Um, So... And Midsummer, which just left theaters about a crazy Swedish festival. And again, disturbing, amazing, weird stuff from Ari Aster. Also, funnier. It's hard to explain why it was funny, but it has some funny moments. But sure. those are some of the best movies I've seen. They they, they released Midsummer like a, another version, like yeah, they released it or something. Which, it's, to me, it's like that movie. I love that movie, but it was long enough. Sure. I feel like it's we're in this time where we're experimenting with business models. Yeah, and it's where they're like, how do we make more money? What do we? What, I mean, I think they're trying to figure out. You know, you you had like fifty years where 
Friday nights come, they release a movie. Everybody yeah. watches it, and three weeks later, it's gone or whatever. Yeah, I guess yeah. I mean, Titanic, when I was a, a kid, later. if a movie left theaters, you might catch it on TV, but that Maybe. was Maybe. It might be gone, yeah. right? That And that's not the model anymore. No, no, no. Not at um, all. So I think the re-release of Midsommar might be annoying, but I don't. I don't have any gripes at all because it's like ah, if they make yeah, more money, they, they were make some, more money. Fine. I think it's great. It's a great movie. If go see it, um, if you got, I don't know if you need a strong stomach, but it's you need to be ready for some. I won't tough be there. <laughs> no, there's one scene in particular. <laughs> there's one scene in particular with some gore where people are just like, wow. Do you remember when you and I saw The Revenant? Oh, I do. We saw. We went to a Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, I think maybe with like Andrew Wright, who guested with us once in the old edition. I don't. Know, we might. I think that might. I don't think he night. went to the movie. No, I, I don't think, think it was he just did. Me and you, yeah. But we went and saw the movie, and it's it's like where I was outed as squeamish. Yes. Where I just was like the Barrett, the infamous bear attack. Billy did not. I don't enjoy like, it. I don't mind violence. I don't like gore. Yeah. I, there's you know, and there's like a difference. Like I don't. I don't want to see like the the inside part of skin not interested in it's that. funny you would mention that because earlier uh, this summer we showed my daughter we've been trying trying to get her in some horror movies she's 14 now so freshman she, in high school you know that's when i would start watching yeah. the gory stuff and so we showed her the thing john carpenter's the thing that's which, with kurt russell uh-huh, which is one of the most extravagant gory special effects movies ever made sure she watched the whole thing she was uh not wild about it but sure. she did watch it I, I don't know anything about the thing other than that the Red Letter Media boys love it. It's great. It's a great horror movie. All right. Um, let's see. A couple others. Um, one we saw together, uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah. Which I think is one of the best action movies like the last 10 years. Yeah. Easy. I, I, I watched it a couple times since at home. Um, I I can't believe I missed the Mission Impossible movies my whole life. Mm-hmm. I remember when we worked at the paper together, uh, The I think it was Ghost Protocol might have been the one. Is that the third one? No, that... Fourth one, maybe. Fourth one's Rogue Nation, right? N- no, that's fifth one. God, there was the what's the one? The, it's definitely not the third one. What's the one where Tom Cruise wears a hoodie? Like all the advertisements. <laughs> I think it's Ghost Protocol. That was out when we were at the paper. I yeah, remember it probably seeing was. all the media and stuff, and I was like, "That's intriguing looking," and I just never saw it until you yeah. and I went and saw the fifth one in theaters. Yeah, and I've worked my way backwards. I've not seen two, and I've not gotten through one yet. Two is not that good. One is good, but in different ways. I yeah. think, but I think. Five. I mean, there were action scenes. Plus, it all built, and it felt like yeah. it wasn't just. I mean, it it really felt like a movie. But the action scenes are amazing in it. Uh, oh, let's see. Um, one a lot of uh, geeky horror fans like me, cult fans like, is Mandy with uh, Nicholas Nick Cage. Cage. Nick Cage. That is a wild movie. <laughs> a wild movie. I've heard it's bad. I read that it was bad, but like delightful. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. It's weird. Okay. I mean, it's not like it's so bad, it's good. I mean, it knows what it wants to do, and it does it. And if you're on its wavelength, you'll love it. And if not, you'll be like, you either think it's boring or it's gory or it's just plus stupid. What's but, it, I mean, you want to give us a little more? Or? Yeah, Nick Nick Cage and his wife live this sort of idyllic existence out in the woods. They live in a cabin. I think he works as a logger or something. And then this weird cult leader guy sees the wife. And I'm not really spoiling anything because he sees the wife. He and his buddies grab her or they send these mystical biker acid heads to grab her bring her back sounds like mad max it is a little but it takes place in like modern america or something um and they're the the bikers are the only ones like that everyone else is like a normal looking person and um they uh kill her i'll tell you that right now and then so there's two halves in the movie that half and the second half when Nicolas cage gets revenge oh so it's uh, uh it's like our uh john wick movie 
It is kind of yes. If the dog is the wife and Nicolas Cage is Keanu Reeves, and it's a lot more like you just took some really bad acid. Sold. Yes. Got yeah, it. but okay. it's it's worth a watch. Um, let's see what else do I have. Da, 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 da. We'll get to the one we mentioned in a second. Sure. But I will say two of the best quote unquote movies I saw in the intervening time both were actually TV shows. One was uh, O.J. Made in America which is like the best, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. The eight hour, it was a 30 by 30. Yeah, but it was 30 like, for 30. 30 for 30. It was, I think, four hours long or. Sure. It was really Whatever, long. Whatever, multi-part, right. But amazing. I mean, you know, we all remember the OJ verdict and how you felt when he got the verdict. This one, Psst, both. I was 11. Uh, whatever. 94, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was 11. 11. Well, yeah. whatever. But you've heard, you've heard how it all happened, right? Yeah, sure. But anyway, this will, watching this, I A, have no doubt that OJ did it. Sure. B, I have no doubt why he was acquitted. Oh, because okay. it goes way back and examines race in America. It examines OJ's entire career and sort of the unique spot he held as an African-American man who was accepted into these white institutions when usually he was the only African-American yeah. in these institutions and how he viewed himself. And um, it's fascinating yeah amazing footage amazing interviews amazing the way it's put together i mean it really tells a story are those 30 for 30s like on netflix now or something like how do you even watch those i don't know i'm sure espn has an app or they something. have espn plus it must be but on i don't there. know if that's a ah. yeah those are great and there You're was an audience there was a great uh just a 30 by 30 episode 30 for 30 30 for 30 whatever but uh, your boy bill simmons yeah whatever that guy <laughs> but anyway it all it did was chart the day of the chase and it had no narration it was just it charted it from news just news clips throughout the day so among other things i think there was arnold palmer's last day playing golf and there were the, the nba I did finals hear about was this. Playing. there was like three or four key events that happened and it was and it would show just like it was like you were watching condensed version of the news so you would see these things and then so you'd see a lot about Arnold Palmer or whatever. Then you'd see like one quick thing like, you know, OJ's police seeking OJ. And then it would go back to other stuff. And yeah. gradually the OJ stuff just takes over the news. Right. It was fascinating. That sounds great. It was. It was really good. And the other great movie on TV I watched was uh, Twin Peaks The Return, which was on Showtime. That was a like a series, right? It was that a series. Was, yeah. It was David Lynch. Um, and it was a, a follow-up to his Twin Peaks TV show, which came out 25 years ago. And it was amazing. It's still maybe the most astounding thing I've ever seen on television. And Lynch had complete control. So it did not look like a TV series. I mean, parts of it were like an, a two-hour art film, different episodes. It went off in crazy directions. Some people hated it. Yeah. I was blown away. And one, I mean, I was a huge, I'm a huge David Lynch fan anyway. One thing I loved about it is it was, it was on Showtime. You could not binge it. It aired once a week. And there were never any... Coming up next on Twin Peaks. Sure. So you went in cold every episode. And it wasn't like that linear. I mean, some episodes were completely different than the one before. I assume it. you can go on like the Showtime app now. And, I think they must yeah. have it. Yeah. And it's on Blu-ray and it's yeah, sure it's streaming. Yeah. But I mean, the, uh, the, fascinating. The, the star is Kyle. Kyle McLaughlin. All right. So I want to tell a quick thing about Kyle McLaughlin. I obviously know nothing about Twin Peaks. I've not seen I, nothing. But when I was a kid, I saw the Flintstones movie in theaters. <laughs> This, not, by the way, is the podcast in a nutshell. This not, right here. Not much longer, I saw Showgirls. 
And he's in those movies in like three years. So he's, I got to be honest, he's like ruined for me. Every time I see him, he's a joke. And it's to hear other people say like, no, he's fantastic. He's great. He was so good in Twin Peaks, essentially playing three separate versions of his character. Oh, he's fantastic in Showgirls. Let me tell you. I've seen, I saw Showgirls in the theater. They wouldn't allow me in the theaters, but I assure you I would have gone. It's terrible, but I do own it on <laughs> DVD somewhere. I got like a, I, at the paper, they sent me the collector's set, which has like the DVD and like shot glasses and all this stuff. My, my point is that it's it's hard for me to see him as anything but like silly, over the top, Ooh. cartoony. Well, I think we will watch, uh, I have a Kyle McLaughlin movie I would like us to watch sometime this season. Sure. The David Lynch, Kyle McLaughlin joint, as it were, and uh <laughs> I think uh, it may change your opinion of Kyle McLaughlin. And should we talk about the movie we both saw this year? Uh, uh, we've seen a... So I got to be honest, the only time I really go to the movies now is when I go with you. That's right. Because uh, it cost me like $100 every time I want to go see a movie with my wife. So we just don't Clearly do don't. it anymore because you got to hire the babysitter. I got two kids. It's a Plus thing. your wife's not going to want to go see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, is she? No, and that's... you. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, I guess. I don't know. Nothing, nothing really happens, I suppose. Well, I, you know, and because um, we saw it opening night, I think. Yeah. Yep. And I loved it. Yep. Um, we'll maybe talk about it more, a little more later, but um, my wife wanted to see it, but she was very worried because she knew Sharon Tate's a major character. And she said, am I, and she knows, you know, Quentin Tarantino makes some violent movies. Sure. And she said, am I going to have to watch Sharon Tate get, and her baby get carved up on screen? And I said, don't worry about that. Yeah, you will not so, have to see that. Quick little spoiler, right? Should Unless we spoil wanna, it yeah, up? Just for like 30 seconds. Yeah, I if guess you I, haven't seen it, turn it off. But yeah. you've probably seen it at this point. I do want to preamble this a little bit. Preamble. Away. I have never seen you like something more. Like I heard about this stupid movie. And I got to say, I kind of like the movie. But I heard about it for like two years. Yeah. Like the entire time the podcast wasn't airing that we weren't recording this. You were just like sending me little like... Like stuff that you don't normally do, like oh. s- like screenshots from Hollywood Insider or something. You'd be like, "Look at Quentin redecorated the entire street." He did nothing, and I go, "I don't care, Will." <laughs> like, but you were very into this. Well, you movie. know, the more I was thinking about this now, um, because I remember I saw Reservoir Dogs, which is Quentin's first movie. I saw it in the theater way back in ninety two, I think. Um, saw it in Chicago. I know you were four or I something. Was nine, but you were sure. nine. But what I was thinking is. You know, Quentin Tarantino, a lot of people think, oh, he's obnoxious or he does this or that. But I've, I think, me as a movie fan, I think I've been undervaluing him. As someone who has been directing movies in my adult life. So unlike Scorsese or Spielberg or something, I mean, I've been an adult the entire time he's been making movies. Right. I think Quentin, you know, obnoxious and show-offy as he can be, I think he's one of the greats. I mean, when he makes a movie, it is something special and it's... It's a much better movie than would be made with the same elements with somebody else handling it. I, I think, think that's right. Uh, it's it's hard. I I'm not as dialed into all the off the, the the off the field stuff sort of the you know the like the abuse case with um, Uma. Uma Thurmond or any, I mean I don't I, I don't, mean and it's I honestly don't know what I don't know the story I don't know what to do there. about that you know like yeah he seems great Quint, I mean not as a person but he seems like a great director I, I, I watched um, not like a month ago. I watched Reservoir Dogs again, and then I watched um, Hateful Eight right after. Mm-hmm. I think Hateful Eight's only okay. One, of, I mean, it's better than okay. It's obvious. It's great, but relative to Quentin, it's, right? It's, it's. I don't think it's his best movie, but I think that, and that's one. That's the only movie of his I didn't see in the theater. I yeah. just wasn't that jazzed about it. But I, now I'm like, it's. it's I kind of regret that we didn't go to Madison and see like see the on a big seventy crazy, millimeter. Yeah. yeah, I wish we had. I yeah, but uh, Tim Roth in that movie, yeah, is 
clearly playing the Chris Waltz Christoph character. Waltz, it's yeah. like it's it's actually off-putting to me when I watch it. I'm like, you're, I, he's doing a great job, right? If you're found guilty, the people of Red Rock will hang you in the town square, and as the hangman, I will perform the execution. And if all those things end up taking place, that's what civilized society calls justice. However, if the relatives and the loved ones of the person you murdered were outside that door right now, and after busting down that door, they drug you out into the snow and hung you up by the neck, that would be frontier justice. To me, it doesn't matter what you did. When I hang you, I'll get no satisfaction from your death. It's my job. But he seems like the eccentric, insane German right. guy. And it's be weird because role. Tim Roth is in Reservoir Dogs. He has a huge yeah. part in it. And he's got a fairly decent part in Pulp Fiction, too. Yeah, Tim Roth's in all sorts of stuff. Yeah. I mean, he, he uh, yeah, he's the, the guy, Honey Bunny's. Uh, Honey Bunny, yeah. It's Honey Bunny's the wife. I don't remember what his name is. Let go of it! Go ahead, Mr. Be Cool. He's also the very first bad guy in the Marvel Universe, I think. I think he's the uh, maybe it's maybe it's the Ed Norton version of Incredible Hulk. Oh, the that Hulk? he's the bad guy. Is he? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. I'm pretty sure he's in that. He may he's be the bad guy. He may be. Um Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that movie was really good. I, I was when we left. I remember thinking, I thought it'd be more, and you were like, "No, it's exactly what I wanted." Yeah, I mean, uh, we're talking again about Once Upon a Time. Yeah, and I'm a huge, obviously, movie nerd, but so is Quentin, arguably our biggest movie nerd. So, I mean, I was just loving all that, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. Of some people thought, like, "Oh, why do we have to watch the whole thing of him filming that Leonardo DiCaprio's character filming that western?" And it's like, but I, to me, it all added up and. Quentin has this thing he calls some of his movies like hangout movies. Like Jackie Brown, he always says, is a hangout movie. I've never seen Jackie Brown. It's really good. And it's his more adult movie. I mean, not adult as in porn, but adult as in it's about adults. Like sure. Jackie and Robert Forster's character are people in the latter halves of their lives. And they're kind of looking, you know, they're not the young hipster people. They're, you know. And um, this one, I just, you know, I love Brad Pitt. And I loved, I love the look of it. I love Margot Robbie as... Uh, Sharon Tate. I love the soundtrack. You know the way it was all integrated. I love the stuff like the the dog. What was it yeah, called? The dead wolf, rat. Wolf. Wolf. Blood, wolfhound. Wolf wolfhound. Something. something yeah. And it was like rat flavored, raccoon flavored, <laughs> bird flavored. You were sort of laughing in the movie. I was like, "What?" And you're it like, was "Hilarious." It's rat flavored. It was. It was great. <laughs> and then, you know, we were talking we were earlier talking about mother and how it creates all this tension. I mean, at the end of. Once Upon a Time in America, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not yeah. America. It, you know, the movie is kind of, you know, it's just loosey goosey and kind of that, but it builds. And at the end, you need that like punch. I mean, the ending is genuinely exciting. Yeah. And um, spoilers, here's where it is. But the Manson murders, as we know them, never take place because uh, Tex Watson and the two Manson girls go to Rick Dalton's house instead, which is where Brad Pitt, the stuntman, and um, Rick are. And, uh, they Brad Pitt, the dog, and Leo kill all three of them in brutal, just disgusting. Yeah, and that's when my wife was kind of like, "You actually heard her go like, oh, <laughs> oh. And it's that one thing about Quentin's movies is, especially this one, is you know, there's a lot of violence movies. Like we saw John Wick, where what ten thousand people were killed. I gotta say, John in John Wick was beautiful and boring. Yeah, it's 
I mean, I know people love it. It was fun. But yeah. It was okay. Like if I'm going to watch that kind of movie and I know it's, it's not exactly the same, but I liked drive a lot better. Like the vibe, yeah, well, the atmosphere I got of drive, the, like the, the very long takes and the glorified yeah, violence. I would agree. I mean, to be fair, John Wick's choreography was amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was yeah. like a musical almost. Yeah, it was almost but, like The Matrix, honestly. Yeah, like well, whole, well, well, yeah. yeah. But I mean, and what I was going to say is John Wick, all those people died. In this one, at the ending, three people die, but you feel it. Yeah. I mean, it hurts. And I've heard people, I've seen critics say like, that movie was too hard on the Manson family because <laughs> they're saying- Because they the, hadn't done anything yet. Right, exactly. Yeah. In the world of the movie, they hadn't done anything. It's like- Please, you know, maybe one more. I, I, we should stop talking about this particular movie after this. But one thing I thought was crazy about it was because I'm worried that enough people haven't seen it. Yeah, this yeah. is boring. So sorry, guys, we're almost done. But uh, when they visit the ranch, it's Spawn's ranch. Spawn Ranch, yeah. And like the old guy who's in the bed who's blind or whatever. Mm-hmm. When it turns out he's not dead, when he's just no. there and he's annoyed and what and he's having sex with the Manson girls. Yeah, and stuff and he's and... just like, "Why are you bothering me, Brad Pitt?" Like, yeah. I thought there'd be more to it, and it just was kind of like, like mm-hmm. har har. It was kind of like, it kind of was, but it, that was to me that scene was one of the first because, you know, the movie's almost a comedy up until that yeah. point. But there's real tension in that scene, like what's going to happen here. And then but it's then, not but, completely But then Red released. goes, ah, fine. She literally is like, ah, okay. He's in the back. Go ahead. Yeah. And then she changes the channel and it's like the tension just went away. I still think there's like some bad vibes going on. Plus that established him knowing, you know, he knew the Manson oh, kids yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, so, but, and the ending of that movie when they, you, you know, Sharon Tate and um, Boychek and Frakowski and all the other ones who died on that night yeah. live and I almost, I think the movie is so such a happy ending, but it's also, I think, a sad ending because when you watch it, it's so touching, but then you're like, well, yeah. this didn't happen. Yeah, too bad. Yeah. yeah, too bad. But yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. What else you got on your list? Uh, is there anything else important that you want to talk about? No, I think that about covers it. We saw some good times in movies. You and I saw a bunch of stuff in theaters. um, Because like I said, I see the Marvel movies with my wife, and then I see anything interesting with you. (laughs) (laughs) The Marvel movies are interesting, but I'm not going to compare them to like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. No, no, no. For sure, sure, sure. They have different agendas. We saw, um, I I don't know when it came out, so it feels like it would have been in the last three years. We saw Spectre together. Um, or maybe, maybe. We, you know, we didn't see Spectre together. No, because Billy ditched me when we were going to go see oh, Spectre. And by the way, thanks, Billy, because that movie is not good. That movie's not good. No. And it's disappointing because I really love those James Bond movies. Spectre's terrible. It's, it's not. And we rewatched it yeah. to see if it was as bad I as I had we you thought. come over specifically. I was like, I want to watch Spectre again. Come over. And you did. And it was just like such a letdown. The, the beginning's great. Like the, the yeah, Day, the, of the, Day of the Dead thing. The helicopter. And, and I actually kind of like the weird snow chase Mountains. I like anytime Bond is up in the snowy stuff, yeah. like skis or any kind of that. But stuff. But Jesus, once once you hit Blowfield, that everything from that point forward is just garbage. Is Blowfield Blofeld's Jewish cousin? Ah, or something? shit! <laughs> Fuck off. That's our first <laughs> f bomb. Fuck off. Bro. Nice, nice. <laughs> um, I spent. I want to wrap this part of the, the podcast up, but I I mean I saw movies here and there. I saw all the Marvel movies. Um, I thought um I thought Black Panther was really good. I thought um really. The one. See, that's one, I, I realize Black Panther's an important movie and I can appreciate it, but parts of that I thought were, that fight scene at the end? The fight scene at the end is ridiculous. Oh my God, it's like yeah. a bad video it's like a, game It's like a bad scene. Lord of the Rings thing, yeah. yeah. It was bad. Yeah, but I liked how like, the fact that we have Wakanda now in this universe as like its own place and its own culture, like I 100% get it. I like I that. I buy it. I like I'm that. Like, oh. I like him. I like his sister. 
Black I gotta, Panther I gotta sister? be honest. I only wanted to talk about Black Panther briefly so I could make fun of um, Captain know. Marvel, which oh. I hated. I, I have not seen Captain Marvel. You've still not seen Captain Marvel? No, I'm just not. I mean, I, when it shows up for free somewhere, I'll watch it. I, which it may never it. because it'll it's, be on. It's smaller uh, than Black Panther, like a smaller cast, a smaller scale, everything. I think that Brie Larson is unlikable. And, I wasn't wild hey, about ha, her ha, in the Endgame. White males I know. Criticizing her well, so I'm an incel, like, so I don't yeah, like her. No, 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 just no. Like, I just didn't find her charming. Um, maybe one other thing I want to point out too: uh, Black Panther himself, like he loses like every fight in that movie. He, like he gets the crap kicked out of him every time, and I'm yeah. like, "Oh, huh, this is supposed to be our hero, huh?" I liked his sister a lot. I did too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. So I saw those kind of movies. Everything else I saw with you. I don't know if there are any highlights there. The, we saw Blade Runner 2014. I love 20, 2049. 2049. I love that movie. I did too. And I am a huge fan of the original. So I went in very skeptical and I thought it was a worthy sequel. I'm really, really impressed. And they won't make another sequel. They won't because it, it bombed. It bombed. It bombed bad, which sucks. And it, it is, to be fair, it is kind of boring and it is kind of slow, but it's it's perfect. I it's, mean, it's slow. I don't think it's boring. I think you really I'm, get enveloped in that world. And if one Roger Deakins that finally got him his cinematography Oscar. Yeah, so yeah, at yeah. Least there's that. Um, but mostly what I watched was TV, uh, because I don't have to leave my chair. So, uh, I ran through all of black mirror, which I can't recommend highly enough. Black, black mirror. Um, it's not the best thing I've seen on TV, but yeah. it might be the most interesting. Yeah, uh, I would agree. Cause even the bad episodes are interesting and there are some episodes. I mean, it's like twilight episodes. zone. It's like yeah. some are great. Some are, eh. it's too bad. I feel bad saying any of them are, are bad because they, they're all like mini movies. Yeah. It's not like an episode of a TV show where you know they have like a system and they have like a, you know, like the, the other show that I got through again was Mad Men. I got from beginning to end, which I, I do want to talk about. But I feel like with Mad Men, there's stability. We know who the characters are. We yeah. Have, there's you. Every time you start an episode of Mad Men, you, you bring with you all the history sure. of the show. And that's how it works. I mean, it, Black it, Mirror doesn't have that. No. So it's every like, single time you're watching it, it's, it's a new movie. Yeah. And so when it's just, when it's not that great, I'm, I feel bad because I'm like, man, these they work so hard. The and pig just, one though, that's the one we all like, right? No, it's not my favorite, but no. But what do you okay? What do you think of that one? Because that's some people hate that one. I think it's a genius one to start with because the premise is so it's such a grabber. You're like, wow. Well, what happens? What I like about it is that it seems. I mean, it's not, believable is the wrong word. It's no, the least science fiction. None of the of technology them. in its face. No, it's the Twitter. plot is in case you people don't know this. That in England, the fictional prime minister, a princess, young princess, is kidnapped by someone. Of and he, Wales, I think? Yeah, but I, I mean, it's, it's just a member of the royal family is kidnapped. The kidnappers say they will not release her unless the prime minister, who is a man in this in this scenario, who's in James Bond, by the way. We know one. his name. What, he's, he's the guy... It's not Money Penny. What's what's his name? Uh, it's uh, it's it's M's assistant. M's in the assistant. Bond like, yeah, but he's an actor in a ton of stuff. It's Rory Kinnear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, they say that he they will not release the princess unless the prime minister has sex with a pig on television on TV live and if live. They, they can't fake it. They can't do any special effects. They can't do. And so it's like then the premise is what do you do? Right. And, and that's and the rest of the show. The outrageous, you know, it's outrageous, but they take it completely seriously. So I don't, I don't think that's the best episode of Black. No, Mirror, I'm not, but I think but that's the great starter. They had to start with it because what are the critics going to write? They're the, every headlines. Holy crap. Right. This, exactly. This that's what you want. <laughs> so they have no choice. That's Charlie, though. Charlie Booker is the creator. And I mean, uh, the best one is it. the entire history of you for whatever it's worth. That's my argument. I, I know you love that one. That it's, movie, it's good. It's more than, it's great. It's, it's great TV. It, I, I it's good. Word, it's good. It's, it's affecting. I thought about that episode for like a week. What about the one where the, the architect, uh, the, the, they kill the, 
they kill the uh kill the guy in a car accident when they're young and then later the the guy yeah, gets all that guilty. That was one of the later ones. That was like last season, not this current season, but yeah. season 4 or something. I thought it was fine. I it was liked pretty that good. One. Um, it was where the guinea pig was the hero. The, <laughs> that's why you like it. That's <laughs> I did like that one. Will has the like woman seven by the way, that's house. the woman in that the star, the blonde woman, Andrea Ruspo. Mm-hmm. She is Nicolas Cage's wife in Mandy. Oh, sure. She's in a lot of stuff. She's right, really let's good. Always bring it back to Mandy. Always. We should always bring it back to Mandy. Uh Mad Men was the other thing I just I, I went But you the re- Oh, you never Finish it the first I never time, saw season you? seven. Yeah, um, Mad Men's better than I remember it. Um, it's good. I think it's one of the great it's shows. Really, really, really great. Uh, I've all. It's so funny. I, I I picked out Pete as the guy. He's my guy at the beginning. I felt like just bear with me on this, folks. Pete sucks. I understand that. But Pete has also had a lot of like just tragedy in his life. A lot of external pressure. His dad sucks. His mom sucks. Everything about Pete's life sucks. And he spends the entire He's married series to a hottie. Well, he was. I mean, in the end, you know, but he's pretending to be a human. He doesn't know how to fit in. He doesn't know how to act. His he doesn't really have role models because his parents have kind of shunned him. He he doesn't know how to behave. And he's not as cool as Don or Roger. He's not as smart as anybody. He's not as sophisticated. He's just he's fine, but he doesn't know how to behave. And I I I feel like that. I I know because you kind of are the Pete to my Don Draper. That's right. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I'm kind of Don Draper. You're just an asshole to me all the time and I don't know how to deal with it. Right. That's the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) And in the end, Pete has the happy ending and I felt, I was like validated. Well, and Pete, Pete is the one who, when Martin Luther King is, is, uh, assassinated, you know, I mean, you think of like, you watch his show and you think like, oh, Don Draper, the heroes, this and that. But those guys are fairly conservative, oh, yeah. old white guys. Pete is the one like, this is important. This is a big deal. This means something. There's, there's and they're kind of like, eh, whatever. It's a lot less important. But when they're talking about Reagan, or I'm sorry, Nixon versus Kennedy, uh, uh, Roger says, Kennedy, he doesn't even wear a hat. And yeah. Pete looks at him and is like, that's why he's going to win. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't Pete wear, was you know, the young generation. Pete understood in a, in a way. I just, I, I, I know Pete sucks. I totally He doesn't it. suck. He's a great character. He's, and Vincent Carthizer did a great job playing him. They shaved his hairline up. I know. Over is that why you identify with Pete? Oh, that's right. That's, no, no, no. The front of my hair has been about the same forever. It's the it's the top part. That's, that's no good. It's, it's like $11,000 for that surgery, people, if you want to help me regrow my hair. Oh, yeah. That, but we'll start a Patreon <laughs> so a Billy pa- can get hair. For a podcast? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. You can't well, even see his hair. <laughs> um, there's there's one scene at the end, like the very last episode. It's right. It's almost it's almost the very end of the show of Mad Men, where he's at this weird hippie commune. Don is camp. Don is. I'm sorry. At, at some place in California, uh, with his niece. Or with with the real Don Draper's niece, yeah, yeah, because um, yeah, we won't get into all yeah, that whatever. Thing. But she she bails, and he's just kind of there, and he's he's hit rock bottom. He's lost his job with McCann Erickson. He's just sort of out on his own in California. He's got no money. He's just at the. I mean, I'm sure he's got money somewhere, but yeah. he's just at his like. It's like a retreat. He still looks like John Hamm, so it's hard to feel sorry right. for. Right, but he's in a group therapy, and this other poor sad sack is sitting across from him, telling his story. And he, he tells a story, it's a metaphor, where he's like, he feels like he's like a ham on the refrigerator, like the top shelf of the fridge. And the door opens and the light turns on and he's able to see everybody outside and they're eating their meal and they're all happy. It's It sounds so stupid, right? <laughs> but then the fridge closes and he's back in the dark and he's just waiting for somebody to pay attention to him again. I work in an office. People walk right by me. I, I know they don't see me. And I go home. And I, I watch my wife and my kids. You know, they, they don't look up when I sit down. They should love me. I mean, maybe they do. 
but I had a dream. I was on a, on a shelf in the refrigerator. Someone closes the door and the light goes off. And I know everybody's out there eating. And then they open the door and you see them smiling. And they're happy to see you. But maybe they don't look right at you. And maybe they don't pick you. Then the door closes again. The light goes off. And when I was like, I don't know, I watched that. It was like 1 a.m. It was so moving to me. I thought like. Billy is that ham. Oh, my God. It wasn't a ham. I don't remember what it was, but if you <laughs> I hope it was a ham. It's worth the like 75 hours of Mad Men to get to that scene where I was just like, damn. Like I wanted to applaud Matthew Weiner on the spot. I was just like, it's really I think good. Mad Men's one of those shows like The Sopranos, like a few and very few others that sticks the landing completely. Completely. Uh, and just as a one other interesting thing, uh, the reason why I rewatch Mad Men is I got hospitalized uh, randomly. I was on a, on an antibiotic uh, sulfa based, I think it's called Bactrim. Mm-hmm. And I started to have fevers and I put a thing on Facebook to some of, like, some of my nursing friends were like, you know, if you're having fevers, you should probably get off it. And I was like, well, the doctor knows best. And so I kept taking it. The doctor knows best. <laughs> and I ended up spending like a Friday morning to like a Sunday night just in a hospital room. Um, I won't even get into it, but it was just nuts. Everything's fine. I just had a bad reaction, but they didn't know that at the time. And so I ended up watching like seriously like 36 hours of Mad Men on my phone because I had no, I had nothing. I you was know, by like, the way, there's no better way to watch a movie or TV show than on a four In the dark, film. laying on my side. It was, it was great. It was, it was actually very nice. It's it what like, Hitchcock and Spielberg would <laughs> yeah, want. That's what they imagined. Hey, we're, uh, we've been at this a while. That, that pretty much catches up on what we've been watching, what we've been doing. Um, why don't you, uh, we, you su- submitted some or solicited some. I did solicit questions and you responded. Bless you people. So I, I figured you sent me the list. I'll ask you the first one and we'll just kind of go okay. uh, back and forth. Okay. So um, um, from Daniel White, uh, listener Daniel White asks, what item from any film would you want to own? Yeah, he was saying how Spielberg apparently owns one of the sleds from Citizen Kane. So is this, do we want the prop? or Because I actually have an answer for this, but it's not, I don't want the prop. I want the actual in. in oh, and what item. do you, I think we can take it however you I want. I want the suitcase from Pulp Fiction. Oh, well, that's good. I want, I want, I want to open up. I want to know what's in it. Is it Marcellus Wallace's soul? I don't know. Is it I know, I know nobody it? knows, but I, that's, I know. that's what I want. You know that's a reference to an older movie too, sort of Kiss Me Deadly, where they uh, there's this soup, this box they open that like there's some kind of nuclear material on it and it glows every time they look I at it. I don't care. It's a great movie. <laughs> we may do it. I'm sure it's we gonna get on the list. It. Oh, it's on the list. How about you? What what item do you want? You know, I was thinking about this all the classic. Like, do I want something from the apartment? You know, my all time favorite sled movie from Citizen Kane. Well, that's what Spielberg has. Uh, so no, but that's the, but then I I thought about it when it comes right down to it. What I really want is Han Solo's blaster. <laughs> really? I think so. How would you even know what his specific blaster looks his, like? Because his, I know. Okay. Because I remember the toy when I was a kid that I never got. Back then, they used to make toys that looked like actual guns and give them to children. <laughs> but it looked With your like, candy cigarettes? And we did. We had candy cigarettes <laughs> and all that. And Back in lawn darts. Forty-eight. Yeah, it was right when the war was going right on. Right after the war, yeah. yeah was, okay. You know, they, we had beaten the Kaiser. and <laughs> So I think maybe... <laughs> i think maybe han solo's blaster i mean because you know star wars like it or not that's the movie that really that that is the movie you know i can chart my sad little life to pre-star wars and post-star wars 
That amazes me. I, I can't do that with anything. Maybe, I mean, I guess I, I admitted the top. How about the, the day the you incredi- met me? The Incredibles. The incre- well, the Incredibles thing. Like that, that Specifically was, meeting me, right? right. <laughs> it's like, life was good. I met Will, <laughs> and now it's this. <laughs> now I'm in the hospital watching Mad Men well for 30 played, hours. Well played. <laughs> well played. Uh, do you, actually, if you want to, I guess we can okay. alternate if you want to. Um, Jordan asks, do you prefer movies at home or in the theater? You're not going to try to pronounce Jordan's last time. <laughs> I apologize, Jordan. Is it Faley? Fegley? I don't know. Believe me, everyone massacres my last name. So. Inclu- yeah, including podcasts about you. Yes, they did. Yes, <laughs> but so you know, there's that. But anyway, do you, Jordan asks, do you prefer movies at home or in the theater? And um, I don't know what do you think, Billy. I I prefer uh, I prefer them in the theater mostly because it's I do like. First off, every day, I don't know how this happens, but. You and I go to movies and they're never sold out. I know. It's, it's kind of sad, isn't it? in the it? middle of the theater going, huh, we're watching twenty Blade Runner 2049 alone. Was that was that the one we saw what where there were two of us? A bunch of us. Like every movie we see, yeah. it's just you and me. We sit middle, middle and we get a And we, we saw one spot time in Hollywood. And it was, which it was like is eight a, people. Right. But it's been a hit. Yeah. It was a surprise hit for him and we saw it. And we're, we live in a tiny pocket of red <laughs> and a sea of blue. And I just don't <laughs> think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was this area's particular. Probably not. Uh, so I do, I do like going to see movies in theaters. I, I enjoy like, it's like an experience. I like the frozen Coke. I like, you know, if I want to get three, some, you know, <laughs> but uh, I would also say that there's nothing better than being like, it's nine o'clock. I'm not quite tired enough. Go downstairs. It's in the dark. Watch a movie by myself. It's like, it's comforting. It's like yeah. a nice, I feel like sloth like and wasteful whenever I do that, but it is nice. Oh, so, I, I don't know. I, I think I prefer movies in the theater, but I love it at home too. I think if in my, in my ideal world, I would say like all these movies in the theater, but a lot, you know, when I, when I said I saw 305 movies, <laughs> that was not in the theater. Most about of those were on TV. Or, of them were at home. <laughs> oh yeah, probably. You know, but like, for instance, one of the movies I did see was Allie and I went to go see because um, they do these Fathom events where they show old movies and we went to see Sunset Boulevard, a movie I've seen like 10 times at home. But we we watched, w- did we do that on the one of the first yeah. runs or we did? Okay. Mm-hmm. But Allie and I went to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. When you see a movie like that in the theater, it's it's so much better because, I mean, it's just like people used to see it, but you really, instead of watching an old movie, you are part of the movie. Yeah. You really get into the story and everything. That's the one with the the lady, her face is like saggy the whole time and like the young playwright. It's really not. Norma Desmond. She She's just all sag- like, she makes this like, yeah. She looks like an SNL character the whole time. She doesn't really. By the way, I feel I should state, I am now older than Norma Desmond was, both <laughs> the character and the actress when they made that movie. Well, your face doesn't look like it's falling off. So. Hers doesn't either. I remember really? her being, my, my wife came in and was like, what are you watching? And I was like, I don't know, some movie for the podcast. And she's like, one of the great movies of all time <laughs> and she went oh and she like looked at the lady and left and i was like no you're right you're you're 100 right that's the one where it's like a a young writer yeah. like moves in checks William up with Holden like the rich old lady and, and she, I, she's not have a saggy face i remember thinking that movie was not great it is great all and right. you were wrong i might i admit <laughs> i'm probably wrong you are wrong uh, okay. John Nadridge. Nadridge. Oh, wait, wait. There's one. Jordan asked us a couple. Uh, one, ever try MoviePass? I, I never no, have. No, no. But I want to address this third one. Physical media or streaming videos? Physical media is so stupid. So stupid. Now, let, let, <laughs> it's so stupid. What are you doing? Like, Will always says to me, well, one day the internet's going to burn out and you're going to lose all your stuff. And I'm like, yeah, one day your DVD player is going to stop working and then And then gone. I'll buy another one. Well, no, because you could go buy a VCR now. Good luck. I, like, can, I bet I could. I bet you could, but it's so stupid. It's just, I, don't, I don't understand. All I'm going to say is the movie we're watching next week, 
which I won't spoil it yet. We'll reveal it at the end. I watched it. Boom, did it. Billy, I can't find a copy. I no, can't that's, do that's this. Not quite I can't do this. So, I can't do this. Uh, I've been, you know, now and then, every once in a while, I've been known to, you know, obtain copies of movies. And every single time I tried to convert it to my Apple TV, it failed and I couldn't watch it. I popped in my Criterion disc, boom, you know right I away. I walked downstairs on a Thursday night. I went to Apple Movies and I bought it for $14.99. I got to watch it with the director's commentary. I watched a behind the scenes feature. I'm glad you paid for it. It was beautiful. Yeah. I love it. And now I own it. And I, somebody got my $14.99. I'm sure, I'm sure the director got his, you know, quarter. He's dead. <laughs> but well, I know. That's I know, nice. I know. <laughs> His but uh, obviously, obviously streaming. What in the world? What's wrong with you people? Why would you ever, ever do anything but stream? I B- don't understand. Billy's completely wrong. But this is the, Billy and I have this, uh, this is the reason I was excited by this question, Jordan, because Billy and I have this argument every single day of our lives. Gosh, it's just, it makes no sense to me. Let's move on. Shall we? <laughs> John Nadridge asks, what black and white or silent or foreign film would you show someone to introduce them to non-Marvel movies. He right. writes other types of movies, but I think that's what he's getting at, is non-mainstream well, films. Right, non-mainstream films. What would you show him? I would show him, well, you know, um, and we actually did one of these in the previous incarnation for the foreign movie. Actually, this covers black and white too, Kurosawa. but for the foreign movie, yes, I would show him a Kurosawa movie. Akira Kurosawa, classic Japanese director, partly because he was very influenced by American movies. So it's sort of a good stepping stone, but also his movies are amazing. Seven Samurai, Rashomon, Throne of Blood. Uh, we watched The Hidden Fortress, Yujimbo. Yeah. These are yeah. all very entertaining movies. They're Japanese movies. They're very Japanese culture, you know, Samurai and, and, and Feudal Japan. But they're also very entertaining. And you don't have to, you know, they're not all artsy-fartsy. They're very popular entertaining sort of movies sure. um, silent movies you know i i was thinking about this i showed my daughter um a uh, a buster keaton movie <laughs> and she loved it i thought you were say my daughter I was go ally can you not remember her name no i couldn't remember what movie yes my daughter <laughs> allison but i showed her a buster keaton movie which is a silent film yeah and she loved it the only reason why I know who Buster Keaton is is because of the Stephen King novel Needful Things. Yeah, that's a good reason to yep, know. That's, yeah. that's He's awesome. one of the great filmmakers of all time, but it's best that you know him from a mediocre Stephen King novel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little above mediocre. He was an incredible stuntman, director, visual stylist, film Isn't he like a like a stuntman essentially? Isn't he the guy who like did, did all this stuff where he'd like walk under whatever he where the house falls on yeah him. the house it weighed several tons and he had a two inch clearance on each side yeah and he, it's like everything he did like he broke everything at some point he did he well his name buster i can't remember can't remember what his real name is but his name buster he had since he was a little kid because he was in his parents sideshow act and they would just throw him around the stage yeah, and that's... he just he knew how to take a fall so <laughs> it was a different time back then people sure. but buster keaton uh very and his movies some people don't like some people love Chaplin. It's always like him or Chaplin as a great silent comics. But Chaplin, I always think he's too sentimental. He's a little too maudlin. But Keaton, you just watch him. You're like, how did he do that? You know, so I highly yeah, recommend I it. wish I could contribute more. I, I know. And then um, for uh, black and white movies, I mean, there's so many. Uh, you know, Sunset Boulevard, Marks Brothers. Just watch a black and white movie. They're good movies. They're entertaining. There's comedies. There's dramas. There's action movies. There's like fantasy. You're a big Sin City fan? I, you know, Sin City is fine. That's, I don't think that's what John's talking I know, about. I, know, okay. I have no, I have no, I don't know. Uh, I haven't seen any of these. I have no idea. For a black and white movie, I would recommend The Apartment a lot. I love The Apartment. The Apartment, it's, um, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's beautiful and it's got all these really cool shots of mm-hmm. like, we did it for the podcast earlier, but it's got all these like 
big shots of big crazy offices and there's there's very nice detail shots. It's just really well composed movie, mm-hmm. but um it's about a very serious topic. It it's, is. It's not it's not like a fun movie. No, but it's but in the I mean it's but in the end it is sort of like you feel, you know, it's not like a depressing movie. It's very watchable. It, it takes you through some hard stuff, but yeah. it gets to the end. Yeah, that I as I've said before and I say again, that's possibly my all-time favorite movie. Um Mark Cole asks, Joker movie, is it the new Falling Down? So I, I've not seen Falling Down, um, and I am excited. I don't know why. I, I feel like a sucker, but I'm kind because of... Because you hate Captain Marvel. You're one of those... Oh, right. I'm an incel. You're an incel, yeah, yeah. so there, that's yeah, why that's you like it. No, but, I, but I think that's what Mark is getting at, is Falling Down was the movie came out in the 90s. Uh, Michael Douglas, Joel Schumacher directed, but he was like a guy who was like, you know, your average white guy who was just beaten down by life and then he went around with a gun he just and just lashes like, out it's it's yeah. sounds i read i've read a lot about that movie i've had other friends including a former guest matt torman tell me about that movie uh it's very death wishy it is but he's not hunting down criminals necessarily no. it's like one very bad day in his life yeah kind of right thing. and yeah. I, I, it ends with him saying wait a minute i'm the bad guy yeah i kind of realized it's an it. interesting movie i don't think it's a great movie yeah Douglas is good in it. But I see, I, I, when I saw that comment from Mark Cole, I was like, I don't get it. And then the more I thought of it, I was like, yeah, maybe. Yeah, and I'm, you know, none of us have seen The Joker yet, obviously. Yeah. But there's a lot of talk that this is a movie about a guy, specifically a white guy, who life keeps beating him down, and so he fights back. Right. And, and people are saying, like, is this going to be a movie it's that a hard encourages to other... Yeah, especially yeah. in this day and yeah. age. So, but... We haven't seen it, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean, it looks interesting. It looks super interesting. I, everything looks desaturated, and there's it just there's a couple things I don't buy in the trailer, but it still seems interesting. To and me. Joaquin Phoenix is a tremendous actor. Agreed. I mean, um, he may be he's a little odd, I think, <laughs> but he's a hell of an actor. I've yep. never seen him give a bad performance. Uh, Andrew Wright, want to go see the new Star Wars? <laughs> I mean. I it's, it's at this point, I think Star Wars is just another movie. I I'm excited for it because it's Abrams again, and See, I I think Abrams is going to completely disregard everything from Last. But Jedi. But I liked Last Jedi. That's because you're dumb. The Last no. Jedi is not a good movie. I would, but hopefully, it'll be exactly like one of the first Star Wars, which is what Force Awakens was. Well, I don't want it to be exactly like the first well, Star Wars. That's I, what Force Awakens was. It's fine. It's just that's a different. That was a different assignment. I don't want to do this with you. We're not. This is not the Star Wars podcast. We're not I mean, I'll that. see it because I have a kid. But otherwise, I honestly don't think I'd go see it in the theater. I'm really excited about it, and I think uh, you made a comment uh, offline about how Solo wasn't that great, mm-hmm. and I think it's an irresponsible mm-hmm. comment from you, and I'd like you to apologize. Well, I'm certainly not <laughs> going to apologize. I will admit that when I saw Solo in the theater, it literally, and this is nothing to do with the film itself, it was projected so dark. I could not see it. I could not tell who the characters were. I don't think you have to admit that. I actually think that but was that's a national. True. That's a national problem. Yeah, and I think that's their fault. I and, know. Oh, by the way, Solo, most expensive movie ever made. Was it really? Yeah. I mean, now you watch that movie. Do you really think it should be the most expensive? I movie? don't. But they they had basically did it twice. Is why right? Um, I mean, when they they yeah because well, that's they right because yeah, yeah they had Ron Howard come back in the second time. I watched the making of and the behind the scenes on that, and I know that makes me a sucker because now I'm naturally inclined to be like cool, but. Some of the stuff they did in that movie, I think it's very impressive. I think that movie got kind of a bum rap because it had such a tortured production. And, and the movie itself isn't amazing, but it's real solid. I'm yeah, telling you. It's, I don't it, think it's that solid. You couldn't see it. I, but, it was I, but, black. But the story wasn't that solid. There were parts in it I liked. Yeah. But that one robot, Lando's robot, yeah, oh, yep. was so annoying. That's, I mean, that that's, is, that's a character that God, is just... if they just didn't have that, it would be great. I know. It's just an annoying character. Why it's do you like, hate women, Will? 
Because I'm an incel, Billy. <laughs> he looks really annoyed. <laughs> that, this isn't a joke. He's mad. <laughs> I just, yeah, solo well anyway. So the answer, Andrew, is... No, probably not. Probably not. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> um, Sean says, favorite cinematographers and which films surprise you as the ones they've shot? Conrad Hall. Yeah. He, I love Conrad Hall. He did Road to Perdition and he did um, American Beauty, right? I think so. There's, I remember the weird twangy kind of music associated with both of those movies around the same period. But he, Conrad Hall didn't pick the music. No, I know, but they're they're both real similar. Same, it's Mendes. I think it's Sam Mendes. That's right. Yeah, the director. Um, but that's the first. You know, we talked about Incredibles was the first time I realized something more was going on. Uh, Road to Perdition and American Beauty were both movies where I was I noticed the camera work, where I was like, damn, like. He also did, um, among others, he did In Cold Blood, which is an amazing movie. Black and white movie. That's a great black and white movie. He did Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. He did Cool and Luke. He did Day of the Locust. He did Marathon Man. So, Searching for Bobby Fischer, which is good. Most of those movies we should consider for this podcast. I've never seen any of them. I don't know anything about Butch Cassidy or Cool Hand Luke. I I just don't know. Yeah, there's some good. I mean, Cool Hand Luke, Paul Newman. Yeah. Okay. It's great. We should do that. Yeah. Um, Those are all the professional. Is that the one? Oh, that's 1966. Yeah, I, that's the, I, I thought that's that was the one with um, like Natalie Portman is like a young that's girl. Not, What's that's that? A, that's it's also the professional. Okay, okay, yeah. Um, anyway, that's my answer, comrade. I mean, there's so many, but I would say somebody like Roger Deakins, who did he the he did Blade Runner 2049, but he also did a lot of the Coen Brothers great movies. I don't know the Coen Brothers at all. I, I've seen. Have a, we never done a Coen Brothers? Movie? I don't know. Wow. Maybe, I don't know the. I, I mean, they're some of the great filmmakers of the modern era for sure. I Burn mean, after reading, I've seen, and I think that movie is really funny, but it's also like left of center. It's a little. Quirky. Well, their movies are all. Yeah. Well, I mean, that Fargo is amazing. I mean, Hudsucker is my favorite, but I may be the only person who's Hudsucker. What's the, What's the one with like the trailer was like a ticking clock, and it was like kind of a, a nebbish guy with glasses. Oh, uh, Serious Man. Serious Man. That's People said great. the movie is like messed up. It is, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah. like uncomfortable to watch, like it an is. unpleasant watch. Well, no, it's uncomfortable. I don't think it's unpleasant. Okay, I don't know. They I did mean, one called "The Man Who Wasn't There" with Billy Bob Thornton. I have seen that. Talk about black and white. Yeah, gorgeous. Movie. Yeah, that one's really good. Yeah, they're great. Okay, I mean, the Cohen. Seriously, I mean, they're some of the most. You know, well, since the put Hudsucker on the list. I haven't seen it. I don't oh, know. I love Hudsucker. Is it too new? Is 92, 96? 94. Great. <laughs> of course, right. <laughs> You went two years on each side of it. Um, and then you, know, you go back to somebody like James Wong Howe, who did Sweet Smell Success. That movie is great. It's not great. Billy does not like it. But you got to make it look great. No. Oh, you're drunk. I can't remember. I was just going to say, I think I don't remember a single part of that movie that I thought like, oh, that's nifty. That's novel. I can't. Billy's insane. This is, but to be fair, this is early in the podcast before I taught you. Young, was this young it been, one? Was it one of the like the prelims? No, episodes? it wasn't one of the prelims. We did the fly. We did like Pelham one, two, three. Were those all before? Those are the prelims. You okay. never heard those people. We might. We're gonna do the fly again for sure. We love the fly. The fly is great because it says friend of the show Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, <laughs> the only the only account we follow on That's Instagram right. and Twitter now. Okay, I think it's my turn. Which it we is. got. Five more of these, six more of these left. Mm-hmm. Which director would you have on to ask trivia questions? Which leads to maybe an announcement. 
we're not going to do trivia anymore. No, we're not going to do trivia. That's we're trying to. One of the things that I said earlier at the top of the show was the podcast became too much work. Trivia took up as much time as doing the right. rest of the show. We're not a whole lot of payoff, right? Really, yeah, mostly I lose all the time. And by the end, we were trying to come up with some new format, and we just couldn't find. Yeah, something. So we're just going to pick the movies. We're just going to. We're at about an hour now. We're just going to talk for seven hours, and then yeah. we'll call yeah, we'll, it a day. Yeah. So, but uh, which director? To be fair, let's let's you know who would you want to have to come on to share movie nerddom with. See, I, I have two I would pick. By all means. Quentin, because the man knows his movies. Oh, I think, I you, mean, I think he you knows two would argue. In detail. You two would get into such a nerdy argument. it'd be it would, great. No, I don't think so. I think you'd come away mad. No, I've heard him on podcasts, and he's... No, I wouldn't argue. I mean, he knows his stuff. Sure, but you kind of know your stuff, right? I do. Well, I think our stuff would converge. I so disagree. it'd be him and uh, Scorsese, because Scorsese really knows his movies, too. I mean, he apparently has a legendary collection of films, both... DVD, Blu-ray, film prints, you know, I mean, and so does Quentin. You know, Quentin mm. owns a theater in California called uh, the New Beverly okay. that they show. It's nothing but repertory movies, old movies, classic movies, cult movies. But he show, he has like theme weeks, right? He does. Yeah, it's great. That sounds, that sounds I, really There's nice. a podcast where each month they sort of do the schedule. And I listen to that and I'm like, why don't I live in Los I Angeles? Know, I know you'd never make any money off it, but that seems like something you ought to have. But Just, I don't have a theater. I, well, you know. <laughs> take this out a loan kind of do a thing take out a loan <laughs> buy going. a theater you can do that in LA I don't think you after, do it after we pay my $11,000 hair thing then we'll take the yeah, rest of the donations and build you a theater <laughs> okay I don't really have an answer I, you know it's this sounds stupid but um, it made me think how often I hear funny quotes from Spielberg like Spielberg just like completely outing George Lucas for all his terrible ideas like uh like Lucas wanted to do Indiana Jones and the space gets abducted by space aliens or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like Spielberg just talks off the cuff about all these behind, like really crazy ideas that like filmmakers discuss behind the scenes. He seems very at ease and comfortable talking about stuff. He probably should protect people's secrets a little better. Yeah, I would love to sit with him and just, Talk about weird stuff. He would do that happening. thing where he puts his hands together and you can't see this because it's a podcast and he puts them on his chin and he makes a pontificating point. Oh, see, I don't know about that. <laughs> I just, I always that. see him like his little one liners where he's just making fun of somebody and they always seem funny, but I don't have a good answer. I do. I did want to take the opportunity to say that I think my, my favorite director is uh, Fincher. And I have to say, I haven't, I haven't seen every David Fincher movie, but the ones I have, it's, it's sort of like when you watch there, a few years ago, there was a NBA finals game. And LeBron James like took like six steps to get from one side of the court to oh, the other. Oh, do I remember that moment? And he blocked Andre Iguodala from behind. I remember it. And I remember just being like, LeBron James is an alien. Uh-huh. Like he's that is we're the same species, me and LeBron. And that doesn't make sense to me. When I watch a David Fincher movie, I I, I pull back and kind of go like, there's just amazing stuff happening. It makes me feel like I couldn't do that. Obviously, I couldn't do that. I'm not a director. But you know what I mean? When you yeah. watch something and go like. This isn't even a path I can go down. Like yeah. this, but that's what I love like, in a director or any kind of artist is like I never would have thought of that. But my God, I'm glad somebody did. Completely agreed. I, and, I just every time I watch him, it's it's impressive. And bring it all back to TV for a second. My God, if you're not watching it, watch Mindhunter on Netflix. He produces them and he's directed several episodes. Amazing. If you love Zodiac, which you should, because it's one of the great movies of the 21st century, watch <laughs> Mindhunter. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. <laughs> so but you good. haven't seen Breaking Bad, so you know. But hey. I never will, sadly. I know. Well, then, you know, Mindhunter. Yeah. Yeah. But he's Fincher. You just yeah, said he's your favorite director. I know. I know. Uh, 
Chris, oh, you know, did we say who asked that? By the way, that was that was uh, W Blaine Dowler, W. Blaine who's a long time listener. Mm-hmm. Might have even donated once. I, you know, shout out, man, thanks. Yeah, uh, coming from Chris Wadsworth. Uh, how <laughs> how excited are you? Will this question specifically? Yeah, so Chris is an old friend of mine. How excited are you for the new Downton Abbey movie? Uh, well, as we record this right now. My wife and daughter are at the Downton Abbey movie, and I am not. I don't know. I watched the show. I thought it was it was well made. It was entertaining. It's a soap opera. I'm sure the movie's fine. Whatever. It has a certain level of quality. As of this moment, it's about 10 p.m. on Saturday, September 21st. The movie's made like 35 Yeah, it was a big dollars, hit. Which is like, I imagine is the production budget for the entire run of the TV show. Uh, yeah, those Brits. And plus, it's in America that made this. Yeah. You know, there's nothing America's love more than the Brits. <laughs> Um, I'm going to ask you one more in a row because I know you have a big, in all capital letters, this says hard disagree, but our old pal <laughs> Chris Soprich says, 2019 seems to be a terrible year for movies. What are some of your favorites and what are you looking forward to? I mean, I disagree. I think it's been a great year. I mean, there's crappy movies every year, but I think this year has had some really strong ones. I think the Oscars are going to be very interesting coming out. Um, I mentioned um, Hered- Midsummer. I mentioned Us. Um, you know, for Marvel movies, I thought Endgame did the virtually impossible act of tying up a huge, you know, this huge thing. I, and I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is one of the best movies I've seen in years. I'm looking forward to Joker. I'm looking forward to, um, oh, the Scorsese, The Irishman, which is Scorsese's movie with De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Pacino. Are you kind of worried that's more of the same? The Irishman kind of seems a little more departed-y, just more of the same. I'm not worried about that because I think it's going to be more older guys kind of a thing. What I'm a little worried about is a lot of it apparently relies on de-aging technology. And I'm I'm a little worried about that. As a fellow old, you're worried about that. No, I'm as a fellow person who doesn't want to spend three hours in the uncanny valley, I'm worried about that. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, Jojo Rabbit, which is the movie from Taiki Watiti. That's the Hitler movie. The Hitler movie. I'm, yeah. I think the trailer for that looks amazing. Yeah, naturally, you're really excited for, for that. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm an incel Hitler. <laughs> well, well, no, because you saw the you saw the war end. So <laughs> that's right. Yes, I was there fighting the Jerry's. Um, I'm looking forward to, speaking of the war, I'm looking forward to 1917, which I think is Sam Mendes' new movie, and it's apparently a great World War I movie. Have you heard anything about Ad Astra? I want to see that. That's uh, James Gray's movie with Brad Pitt. I, I saw like mixed reviews. Like a couple people on my Facebook feed seem to love it, and I want to say, I mean, it looks like it takes a big swing, and I always like that in a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to, um, oh, uh, the... Dolomite movie. Um, My name is Dolomite, which is a a screen biography of Rudy Ray Moore, who made crazy movies in the 70s, sort of very low budget, very strange black exploitation movies under this character Dolomite. He made Dolomite, The Human Tornado, um, Disco Godfather, and Petey Wheatstraw, which the Red Letter Media guys just did an episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now they're doing a movie. Craig Brewer, who directed Hustle and Moan, which is a great music movie, directed it the writers are the same guys who wrote ed wood which i love and eddie murphy who hasn't done anything interesting in about 10 15 Pluto 20 Nash, years uh, i don't think he's done anything that interesting what's that, since, the fats what's that other movie oh, you made? clumps and all clumps, that yeah. but here he's he's like playing a real character they say he's great in it so i'm really looking forward to that one and that's gonna be like you know the thing is both that and the irishman are gonna be on netflix i'm not really looking forward to anything I don't. I don't have. A, I don't know. There's I, always some good stuff coming out. I mean, I, I, I shouldn't say. I, I don't. Movies show up in advertisements, and I go, "Oh yeah, that's one I want to see." Mostly, you know, I have a maybe a hot take. I like 
I, well, I, I hit me with this hot take, Billy. <laughs> I like the like the the three hours of trailers before movies in the theater. I like those. Uh, I like them depending on the trailers. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I feel like it's a it's like a what do you call this? Like a, a lane for advertising that mm-hmm. doesn't. It's not repeated elsewhere. It's not like you go home and see the same ads all lined up on like a podcast you listen to or before a Netflix show. Like I, I appreciate the time that went into making those trailers so I could see them in that setting. Yeah. I, I always like that moment. I like trailer. Yeah. Even like even like dumb movies, like that new Charlie's Angels movies that I I don't care <laughs> that about. That movie's gonna be a bit It's gonna be terrible, but I do like Elizabeth um I like Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. I liked her in that movie. Um I think she directed, write, wrote, and stars in it. She did. She's very talented. That movie looks terrible though. But um because <laughs> it looks here's my problem with it. It's so and again, all I've seen is a trailer, but it's like all attitude. It's like yeah, yeah. we're so cool. It's like I don't I don't care. If I don't buy it, then I don't want to watch Fair it. Enough. Give me an interesting story. She was good in that movie Brightburn, though, which was the one about her kid. They, She and uh, the guy from The Office, um, Pam's Roy from The Roy. Office. Roy. Roy. By the way, Roy got like wronged. But I, I'm on Roy's side. Jim sucks. You're team Roy? I am. I, I will say this, because Allie has The Office on repeat. It's, Tim has or Jim has not aged well. I mean, no, for, his hair a, is terrible, and plus, you just—he's so annoying. He's a jerk. That's why when Idris Elba shows up as the boss at one point, and he is the one who like every—he hates everything about Jim. You're like, yes, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. yeah. Um, by the way, just I we we we're rambling. We really need to wrap this up, but uh, there's a moment in the office that is exactly corporate America. It is, uh, Andy Bernard is the new manager, and he's having some issues or whatever, so he goes on a vacation. And there's the British red-haired lady. I don't yeah, know her name. I know him. That's to me. That's when the show was. I agree. It's, it's over at that point. Yeah. But she walks into his office and says, "You know what? This is my office now." And she sits down and she calls up Robert California and says, "I'm in charge now." And Robert goes, "Okay, let's see how it runs." That's how the world works in a way that I could not believe. At every every job I've had for years now, it's like you you make yours. I mean, that's exaggerated. Yeah. But if, really, <laughs> if that thing's not your role and you just take it. It's yours now. And that can open up a whole new world of possibilities. It happens in Mad Men too. Um um Harry Harry Crane? Kane? Harry Crane? Harry Crane. Just like, I'm starting the media department. And, and he, they just kind of go, uh, okay. He was the guy. He became the shit. And he just does it. Yeah. Like that's that's how things work. It's crazy to me that there's no rules. All the adults, you think the adults are in charge? Nobody's there in charge. There are no adults. Nobody's that's, in charge. That's, that's the thing. It's baffling. We got two more questions. Okay. Um and I haven't really seen any of these. So can you discuss um, Quentin Tarantino's movies that he wrote but did not direct? This is from Stan, Kiko? Friend this of the is show? from Stan. Yeah, Stan, a uh, former, former guest. guest. Yep. Yeah, who did uh, The Shining show. with us. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, the two main ones, everyone, the one Stan mentions, uh, True Romance and Natural Born Killers. True, True Romance is the one that actually paid for Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. Dogs? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, he sold the script. And, yeah. I mean... I mean, besides it's, the Harvey Keitel money. No, but you're right. No, you're right. I mean, no, I wasn't disagreeing with that. I was thinking, I mean, the, his movies are fun. I do think there's something about Quentin when he directs. I think his, he's a great writer, but when he directs, he just brings that something extra. I mean, True Romance is a lot of fun, but it's a little too slick somehow. I've it's, never, it's a Motion City soundtrack song. I've, I've never seen it. I've never heard that song. You better believe it's true. You missed your window on Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, They're excellent. I, oh, and I regret that too. 
I had a friend who took his girlfriend to see True Romance because she thought it'd be like a romantic comedy, and it is not. <laughs> there's a scene but where honey, it had romance in the title. There's the scene where pre Sopranos James Gandolfini beats the crap out of Patricia Arquette, and then she turns the tables. But it's it's brutal. But and then Natural Born Killers. I'm trying to think if I've ever read Quentin's original script, but I mean that one Oliver Stone took and just made it into an Oliver Stone movie. It's yeah. almost like. I think Quentin had the basic structure, which is these two killers and they become media darlings and that. But I mean, Oliver, that movie is so Oliver Stone. It's, it's hard to even imagine how Quentin would have done it. That little moment where it becomes a sitcom with Ronnie Dangerfield. That's the best moment. That's the best scene in the movie. It's miserable. It's terrible. But that's the one, I mean, and I saw that movie in the theater and I, I liked it, but now I watch it and it's just so, it just becomes oppressive, I think. And it's not nearly as clever as it thinks it is. But that scene, and I agree, it's very unpleasant it's to watch. It's it's I I like couldn't I did, it's not like I couldn't get through it, but it like but it went three but, quarters of the way on YouTube. I was watching, I was like, I'm out. Well, there's no better way to watch it. Yeah, no, yeah, that's how. But it, but that scene is the one scene in the movie where you're like, wow, it's re- that scene. It's like a punch to the gut. The rest of it's kind of like, look how naughty and crazy and violent oh, I can sure, be. But sure. that one, plus Rodney's great in that. Yeah, scene. it's it's brutal. Yeah. But. Okay, and, and our last question. Uh, Wait, which, there was one other oh, one that came sorry, in after a sense of this, but no, this will be quick. Um, oh, go, go ahead. You Actually, this one's for you. I've been okay, uh, our, uh, Ben, a uh, good friend of mine, who I actually host co-host another podcast with, Pictures Within Pictures, where we talk about comic books, so check that out on your iTunes feed and wherever podcasts are sold. <laughs> um, ben, who has a brand new uh, baby boy in his house, said, do you have films you introduced early on in your child's life that are special to you and them? I have two brief stories. One is that my oldest son, Grant, we watched, the first movie we ever watched was on his first birthday. We didn't let him watch TV for a year, which I think you're supposed to go like three years or something, but whatever. Um, it was, his birthday's February 6th, and my wife had something to do that night, so me and him watched Star Wars. And he actually, he was young enough to where he was first, just- the, the original? First movie, Excellent. yeah. I mean, it wasn't the original. because I, I, you know, I, I actually have like the weird- the because tra- I don't know if the original still exists. I have it on tape. There's there's a laser disc transfer that has all the like yeah, mess you, ups. You and, can find it if you want. Yeah. So without- we, we watched we watched that version. Um, uh, the second movie I ever watched with him was like a week later. We watched Con Air because I thought that was funny. Did um, he pay attention during Con Air? No, he's and he was so young that he's really like. I mean, one is a lot to ask of yeah, any child of anything. But uh, the one thing I want to say now is my my younger son. His name's Jude, and he's three and a half. And we have Apple TV, um, and I've got like 90 kids' movies preloaded into the Apple TV, so you can like just go to the children's category and see them all. And he, all purchased legally? All of them, every mm-hmm. one of them. Mm-hmm. They're $14.99 a pop. I'm rich. And he picks by cover now. He'll like point at a movie, and we watch it. And early on, it was always like Toy Story, mainstream movies, right? Uh, Toy Story, Big Hero 6. Lately, for like maybe six months now, all he wants to watch are these weird... He's Will. And it sucks. Thank he wants God. to watch Jude. Like, keep it up, buddy. Weird old like the Aristocats. <laughs> like, and he thinks the Aristocats he cackles at, right? Like he thinks it's I don't so think I've funny. Ever, I know of it. I don't know if I've ever seen it or since I was a little kid or something. For maybe a month, the thing he was super into was the rescuers down under. Which right, which like who cares, right? But some early early uh, mix of hand animation and computer animation though the, in that movie. The, yeah, there's it opens with a big computer animation. Mm-hmm. And this isn't quite Ben's question which is like what's special to you or them? But one thing that I thought was real cool was uh we're watching uh Rescuers Down Under and I try to like not sit on my phone. I try to like if me and my kid are going to watch a movie, let's do it. Let's sit. He'll cuddle me. It's really nice. We hang That's out. That's what right? Billy and I do when we watch a movie together. Right. He like, cuddles me, puts his phone down. It's very nice. <laughs> uh 
No, and then we pause the movie and argue. Every time I see a movie with Will, we pause it every like 30 seconds. It's just the worst it's thing the ever. It's the worst. You, people would hate us. People are like, it must be great to watch a movie with you. It's, it's like, it's did, you, did you see, was he on a, was Keanu on a wire on that scene? Hold on, and we'll pause it and rewind it and watch it three times. It's, we were watching Halloween at my house last night with mm-hmm. Allie. We're like, because we're showing her horror movies. And then she had to get up and go to the bathroom. I'm like, when are we going to watch this movie? I hate stopping it. And I'm like, what an ass I am. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, we're watching Rescuers Down Under, and wouldn't you know it, George C. Scott pops up. George C. Scott is the bad guy of the Rescuers mm-hmm. Down Under, and he is the same George C. Scott from... From Hardcore? No, well, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen Hardcore, but from uh, um, um, yeah. uh, Doctor Strange Love. Say, where'd you get this pretty feather, boy? It was a present. Oh, that's real nice. Who gave it to you? It's a secret. That's no secret, boy. You see... I already got the father. I mean, it's like, it's a, they even animated him to look like him. And mm-hmm. this may not seem special, but it was nice to be like, I know who that is. I know what a big deal is. He's a good actor. And who did you, who have you, who do you have I, to thank I, for I, that? I guess I have to thank Will. Beautiful. Was, was, uh, was Kevin on that podcast? I think Kevin might've been part of Dr. Strange, but I'm not sure. I can't remember. But I'm going to thank Kevin. Well, miss you, Kevin. I hope Kevin you enjoyed this episode. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Kevin. Anyway, how about you? Do you have any movies that are special uh, for your child? Yeah. You know, um. I think we did this one in the show too, and I don't think you liked it one little bit, but I remember showing Allie duck soup because <laughs> I'm think she, because I knew, and I've heard other people say this because I love the Marx brothers wanted to introduce Allie. And I know little kids like Harpo. Yeah. And I knew the scene she would die laughing at. And she did. It's when Harpo has, a, she, he opens his shirt and he has the tattoo of a doghouse on his chest. And then like, there's a special effect and a live action film right. of a dog barks. Right. I and I was that. just waiting. Cause I knew she would love that. Yeah. But it's like, so that's always been a special one. Um, it's funny. Cause we used to watch finding Nemo in cars repeatedly when she was just a little, little kid. She has no memory of that at all now. Wow. But you know, like we went to see, she was the one who really wanted to see sunset Boulevard. She's like, let's go see that. In yeah. The that's cool. I'm like, okay. And so, you know, and like, and it's so nice that, you know, I mean, uh, the one it's always, you know, when your kids, it's always bittersweet as your kids get older. But now that she is older, we've been showing her, you know, I feel confident we showed her the thing and we show her Halloween and we show her Christine and misery and some horror movies. And she has her opinions on them. This one she likes. This yeah, she's one a she little doesn't. adult. She's able to yeah. like kind of contribute to it. She watched. I think I maybe I told this story before, but she watched Jaws. Um, when she was four, it was on. And I said, you sure you want to watch it, Sally? It's really scary. And she's like, no, I want to watch it. And she wasn't scared at all. Hmm. Later that night, Wizard of Oz was on. She started watching it. Wish shows up. Turn it off. Turn oh, it off. Wow. I'm like, yeah, all right. I mean, it made me actually feel good. Like, this movie can still have an effect on a kid. We got one last question. I got one more. from. And then we'll uh, go through. Let's, let's wrap up yeah. and talk about what we're going to watch next week. Um, this is uh, from uh, Tom Lavelle, a very old friend of mine from back when we were just little, little kids. Um, and Tom asks, why do most movies fall apart in the final act? And he offers Shakes the Clown as an example. I kind of know what he's saying. I, I don't know. Specific- Shakes the Clown. Is that the one? Bobcat Goldthwait? Oh, that's not the one I was thinking of. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the one with uh, um, Robin Williams and Ed Norton and their clowns. No, and... that's uh, Death of Smoochie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My bad. The Shakes the Clown is worth watching. It's not perfect, but it definitely has most. And I think Robin Williams is in it too, by the way. That's funny. But um, I th- you know, a lot of movies do kind of fall apart in the third act. And I think it's just because you have, you know, they always say if you have problems in your third act, it's because of problems in your first or second act. But I think movies build up this great premise and then they just, don't know, like we said, how to stick that landing, like in TV shows. So that's why 
when a movie has a great ending, you're willing to forgive a lot because if it can send you out of the theater with a feeling like, what a great ending, then you'll forget problems in the first two-thirds of the movie. I think that I think that movies aren't... Uh, this God, I don't want to sound like I know what I'm talking about, so bear with me here, okay? <laughs> I can't wait to hear where this goes. I think there's a lot of external pressures on people when they make movies. Marvel, a Marvel movie can't end with like a cliffhanger or like a, or like a, um, like a reveal that sort of reverses everything. Like I, I want to spoil something real quick. Um, the prestige. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the prestige. I love the prestige. The um, at the end of the movie, you find out, oh, it's his twin. Know, and, they're yeah. and it like the whole ending, you go like, oh, and it's like a, yeah. like a gut punch. You can't do that in most movies. Well, you can. You can't do it in a Marvel movie because Marvel movies are episodes of a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. But um, you, I, but you could do it in a movie like, like in Midsummer or like in Hereditary uh, or M- Memento. Yeah, you can. When do you it find out at the end of Memento, which is one of my favorite all time movies, that's a great movie. When when you're like, uh, same director by the way, it's Chris Nolan. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. I know, I know. The, so um, James G, um, he's in the Matrix too. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, Joey Pants. Joey, Joey, Joey Pant. Uh, Pant. Yeah. So uh, when he's like. Brother, we did this two years ago. Yeah. We caught the guy. I thought it would make a difference. It didn't. I don't think he's lying. No, he's not. I think he's like, you're about to kill me, but I'm telling you, we already caught yeah. the guy, and then we've been catching other because guys. Because that's the only th- meaning his life has. When you when you hit that reveal, it's like, oh. That's, like, I mean. It sticks with you, and that's a gr- it's great because of oh, all the stuff. Like when you, you have said. a movie that just gut punches you, oh, I love that. I, I just think it's, that's. I think it's hard. The answer to, to your friend's question is it's hard. It right? is hard. It's hard. And, and in movies, I mean, so many movies that come out of studios, they want you to feel kind of happy and yeah. pleasant. Walk out with a little smile on your face. They don't want you to just be like, bam. I mean, like the one I was just talking to Ali about was uh, The Mist, which I'm not going to spoil here, but that has like a double gut punch ending. Yeah. And it's, I've, I've seen that. I mean, I, it's so much that the ending is the only thing... You know, that's what you really remember. I like The Mist because it reminds me of all those like 50s horror posters. Like it came from outer space. Oh, yeah. Like, the whole movie feels like one of those posters. Oh, yeah. I that's think it's a, cool. It's I a like, good movie. I won't spoil the ending here, but it's and it's like boom, boom. Um, my wife and I have extremely different tastes, just different sensibilities on pop culture. I'm sure if she found out I didn't like Captain Marvel, it would be a huge argument. Right? Really? She, Did she, she, she felt that strongly about she it. She just likes... She likes when a movie's over. She wants to pump her fist. She wants. Well, to that's go, what. Yeah. And like, to be honest, that's how most people. Yeah. Feel. So she'll. I'll come home at night from work or whatever I'm doing, and she'll be watching like something awful, like nine hundred two one zero, like the original series or Friends or or whatever. And I come in and I make fun of it, and I've learned not to anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Don't Dude, do that's that. That's not going to help anybody's marriage. Right. But she her she got real serious with me once. And she's like. When I'm watching a movie or when I'm watching a show and I'm going to go to bed 10 minutes later, I don't want to go to bed thinking. I want to go to bed just happy, kind of numb, just like I enjoyed that little moment. It's my quiet time at the end of the day. It's it's just curling up with a nice book and going to sleep. That's like her her thing. I can when appreciate I come, that. When I come in and I crap all over it and I'm like, oh, you're watching this? I'm, I'm the jerk. And I she's mean, right. I can appreciate that. However, I will say this. That's not what you're going to get on this podcast. No, not at all. We and want you to have movies that have an impact, whether... You love it or you hate it or it leaves you feeling great or it leaves you feeling, oh. She's completely right, too, because when I when I saw, um, it's funny, you and I went and saw a movie together and you told me about Black Mirror and the episode, the um, the National Anthem, I think that's the name the of it. That's the pig one, yeah. And so I watched it and was like, ugh. Uh, and then I watched uh, the entire history of you. And I when I went to bed, it took me like an hour and a half to fall asleep. I just sat there thinking about the ramifications of the yeah. episode. So I get it. I see her point. Sure. 
I don't agree with her point, but I see her point. Uh, fair. All right. So, uh, all right. So, wow, we're a long way. This through. was a supersized episode. This is a long episode. I hope they don't all go this long because it takes a lot to edit. Uh, I'm not editing anything. Um, next week, what are we going to watch, Will? We are going to watch, uh, I would say, a genuine uh, classic film. Uh, Oscar nominee in 1967, the year I was born. Mike Nichols, The Graduate. The Graduate. The Graduate. I'd actually seen this movie twice before this podcast, but not in a way that let me form opinions, and I have a lot of stuff to talk about with this one. I think the plan going forward is we're going to try to be weekly, you know, but don't count on it. it might, not, we might do two in a row and then you, skip How two much weeks. are you paying for this podcast? Right. <laughs> so they'll kind of come out. This first, we're going to reset the number sequence. So this, this episode you're listening to now is episode zero. From that point forward, it should just be one up. And, uh, you know, in, in 25 years, when we wrap this up, hopefully we'll be at like episode, you know, 25. <laughs> yeah, 25. That's right. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? No, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be back, too. I'm, I'm looking at my timeline here of editing and I, I, this feeling of like, oh, no, what have I gotten into? Is I just back? throw it up. It's all gold. Ah, throw it up. It's all gold. Uh, but I'm back. I'm glad to be back, too. And this has been fun. And it, it's fun to watch a movie with a purpose again and take notes. I, you should see my notes for The Graduate. I'm pumped. You should see mine. I have none. Yeah, it's, it's all up here, baby. <laughs> And with that, I guess that's the end of our show, Will. It is. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Go on to iTunes. Please review and rate us. Give us the five-star rating, folks. You made it this far. It's like an hour and a half into this podcast. That's right. Give us a five-star. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Twitter. So, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't follow us on Twitter. I wouldn't bother. Follow (laughs) us, man. Follow me on Twitter. Follow Will. At Will Will Piper. Mine's at Billy Culpa. That's K-U-L-P-A. It's P-F-E-I-F-E-R because nobody can spell (laughs) or say it. (laughs) Okay. Well, until next time, we'll miss you all most of all.